Clark. Yes, sir. Another entrance through a second-story window. A detective wanted right off. Better hurry up there. East 73rd Street. All right, sir. Clark turned to go. But the next moment, I heard the superintendent call him back. It is Mr. Winchester's, you know, the banker. Clark nodded and started again. But a suppressed exclamation from the superintendent made him stop for the second time. I've changed my mind, said the latter, folding up the slip of paper he held in his hand. You can see what Haley has for you to do. I'll attend to this. And giving me a look that was a summons, he whispered in my ear, This notification was written by Mr. Winchester himself, and at the bottom I see hurriedly added, Keep it quiet. Send your discreetest man. That means something more than a common burglary. I nodded, and the affair was put in my hands. As I was going out of the door, a fellow detective came hurriedly in. Nabbed them, cried he. Who? asked more than one voice. The fellows who have been climbing into second-story windows and helping themselves while the family is at dinner. I stopped. Where did you catch them? I asked. In 22nd Street. Tonight? Not two hours ago. I looked at the superintendent. He gave a curious lift of his brows, which I answered with a short smile. In another moment, I was in the street. My first ring at the bell of the Grand House in East 73rd Street brought response in the shape of Mr. Winchester himself. Seeing me, his countenance fell, but in another instant brightened as I observed, You sent for a detective, sir, and quietly showed him my badge. Yes, he murmured, but I did not expect. He paused. I was used to these pauses. I do not suppose I look exactly like the ordinary detective. Your name? He asked, ushering me into a small reception room. Bird, I replied. And taking as a compliment the look of satisfaction which crossed his face as he finished a hasty but keen scrutiny of my countenance and figure, I in turn subjected him to a respectful but earnest glance of interrogation. There has been a robbery here, I ventured. He nodded, and a look of care replaced the affable expression which a moment before had so agreeably illumined his somewhat stern features. Twenty-five thousand dollars worth, he whispered shortly. Mrs. Winchester's diamonds. I started, not so much at the nature and value of the articles stolen, as at the indefinable air with which this announcement was made by the wealthy and potential broker and banker. If his all had been taken, his eye could not have darkened with a deeper shadow. If that all had been lost through means which touched his personal pride and feelings, he could not have given a sharper edge to his tones, businesslike as he endeavored to make them. A heavy loss, I remarked. Will you give me the details of the affair as far as you know them? He shook his head and waved his hand with a slight gesture toward the stairs. I prefer that you learn them from such inquiries as you will make above, said he. My wife will tell you what she knows about it, and there is a servant or two who may have something to say. I would speak to no one else, he added with a deepening of the furrow in his brow. At least not at present. Only... 
and here his manner became markedly impressive. Understand this. Those diamonds must be found in 48 hours, no matter who suffers or what consequences follow a firm and determined pursuit of them. I will stop at nothing to have them back in the time mentioned, and I do not expect you to. If they are here by Thursday night, and the hand he held out with its fingers curved and grasping actually trembled with his vehemence, I will give you five hundred dollars Friday afternoon. If they are here without noise, scandal, or— His voice sank further— disquietude to my wife, I will increase the sum to a thousand.